Good morning, Marcus Tuttle here with the wide world of real estate. It is September 10th, 2023, and I don't know, might be getting up there to eight or nine episodes of my recording my audio. And if you stuck around or joined, I really appreciate it. I'm really trying to say something that might be of value in the real estate world or using real estate as a career or using real estate as an asset class. It's uh, significant and holds some benefits and not benefits, but on a larger scale, it's what people leverage to achieve some financial means in the world or to um, house their family and live their life. And I've existed using it as an asset class and how to feed myself and my family for quite some time and felt like I've gotten, uh, you know, I felt like I kind of had enough for a lot of years and enjoyed my children. And I'll just say that what I enjoy is when people become vulnerable on a medium of a video or a podcast or some oratory, a book, some output of their own and felt like I honestly feel like I struggle to let myself be vulnerable especially in a public stage but I really want to get better and I really would like to gain some influence and impart what I've learned as I learn it so this is me doing that I choose not to participate in a lot of the social media platforms. I know they're hugely popular. And I kind of think that, well, I struggle to um, make make money utilizing these things just because I think they're a little bit vapid. And along with some good content, you have to suffer through advertising, which is what, you know, not where I think the meat of life exists as somebody selling me something. But in true counsel, true introspection, true effort is where I feel like the good stuff in life and the rewarding activities of a person's uh, endeavors. But I, I know that I do know the value of it. I've seen people in my own life achieve influence through using, um, through getting the word out. And there is a definite, and one of the reasons I'm doing this is to amplify my message, hopefully amplify my message and create more relationships. So what I'm about is real estate acquisitions. I do help people uh, transact brokerage services. And I do, I, I am building a business within a real estate company called EXP that that gives a portion of the company dollar through a, a network marketing angle uh, for brokerage services. I understand that there's uncertainty. The government of the United States has uh, artificially created a, um, a situation by printing money for various reasons. Um, and I, th- I do think the reason that they created um, 
these bubbles, these distortions of currency, is to quell potential um, um, what do you call it? Uncertainties uh, back in 08 whenever a few of the large banks failed because of poor choices on investing in securities backed by mortgage loans that were supposedly a grade untouchable very good very good assets to put money and people with their hard-earned money placed their money in that and and it wasn't good there was a crisis in confidence and affordability and the quality of the loans which caused the 08 stumble and then recently uh, 2018 would have been 10 years uh, 1920 you know 10 11 years later there was the COVID uh, crisis that caused I think the government just to um, flood the flood the economy with money in order to make things smooth but what they've done is created a currency bubble and that's what we're left with uh, the artificially low prices the government buying treasury bonds and reducing the yield of the bonds because of various economic reasons and uh, artificially low mortgage rates so here we are people that are that have mortgages with low interest rates and high valuations and yet still a need in the American housing sector which is super local uh, for housing because of Millennials uh, in the age range that are that are buying houses and uh, for the aging boomer generation uh, divesting and and figuring out how they will age in place or pursue their now next housing option and divesting themselves of a let's say for example just a large single-family house so in the midst of all this um, there are increasing insurance rates because uh, regional or well mm, especially in the regional areas along the coast uh, flood risks climate change so it all seems a bit chaotic yet the need for housing uh, persists people don't seem to get tired of living inside houses so um, we have relocated I'll get to the part where I will attempt to be somewhat uh, vulnerable with my personal information we have relocated from our fair city of New Orleans that we uh, lived from inside the city 2001 until 2022 so 21 years in this um, very very interesting city with a bunch of quirks many times it's reminded me of some the government at least has reminded me of some kind of banana republic our, our interesting parts are very attractive people there is a definite um, kind of le bon temps roulé attitude when our festivals uh, seem to take precedence on our calendars um, 
versus the times that we work. There are times in, in, in the February and March range when we have to explain to the rest of the country that we just don't work for two weeks. And if you try to get anything done, if you try to travel from within a sector of where you live, you just can't get out because people are partying. And this is extremely tr- attractive. This uh, <clears throat> Mardi Gras time that's left over from the French and Catholicism and just the fact that people like to take it easy during these periods is a whole lot of fun. Uh, the, the flip side is there's only so many hours in the day. I don't think that a city can uh, hyper-focus on great infrastructure while at the same time has this going on. Plus the fact that uh, New Orleans is, has the perception and of bad governance. And our, our council and mayor in the city are powerful, so the populace that seem to uh, become in office, they uh, get to choose uh, what the budget consists of and where their attention is. And our recent governor, our city mayor, has suffered some distractions to say the very least and does not have the time to focus on our badly needed infrastructure, our poor performing schools and therefore we made the decision to relocate and um, the portion of our income a good portion of our income comes from residential apartments, residential rental holdings inside the city. And uh, Louisiana and New Orleans, they have a net population uh, loss. Our insurance rates are climbing. The flood insurance rates are as well because of, after Ida two years ago, um, a few insurance offerings companies have left left the city and left the state and we're left to choose the state option the insurer of last resort the Louisiana citizens or uh, Louisiana citizens insurance which is um, well I'm not going to pretend to understand where the money comes from but it is a state state chartered insurance company and you can imagine what happens if there's only one game in town and our utility company the sewerage and water board of new orleans is a monopoly and if you ever want to study in monopolies uh, that is that is some food for thought on getting anything done any kind of customer service there's just no threat of not using them so you have that and it is privately run a privately run monopoly of the sewerage and water board of new orleans so we voted with our feet and decided to relocate and after visiting various areas uh, and i didn't visit every place but whenever one of the clickbait spots would happen i would just uh, i made a little chart of some weird things like uh, the well for one that that is not unpopular is 
you know, where are you going to be safe in, in the climate change atmosphere that we're at? Uh, where to, who, what state has the not, not high amount of mosquitoes? Um, happiness scales. I made a small little matrix. It was very unprofessional, but um, Greenville, South Carolina came on the board maybe a year and a half ago. So I went there and I had heard some anecdotes from friends and acquaintances about South Carolina being a overall good state to visit. And I visited Greenville and had positive vibes from it. And we looked at school marks. We have young kids. I honestly did not subjectively feel what my previous clients felt as far as pressure and um, the need to find a good school where your kids would uh, achieve some academic success or be happy or be safe or enjoy their childhood. I just couldn't feel it without children, but I, I definitely am empathetic to this as well. What a driver a school zone is. And anybody that sells real estate or participates in real estate really has to understand how acute this compulsion is to do to do right by your children. And there we were. We started looking at school marks. Our kids came from a language immersion program in New Orleans. The government has put money and made associations with the French government and has a completely immersed school curriculum with a couple of schools there and that's what we were in. Um, we weren't quite able to match that but we did choose a language school option. So our ultimate decision pulled us within South Carolina up to the border of North Carolina and the larger city not far away and that is uh, to Charlotte the the metroplex the large urban area of Charlotte North Carolina and we've had some adjusting the people don't seem as crazy although here they are it is a more rural area their economy had the rug pulled from under them over the last 20 years with the textile mills going elsewhere. Uh, the mill culture, largely textile mill, is interesting. And how they developed their, how their textile mills developed along railway lines. And then the housing for the, for the employees of the mill, how um, it happened often on hills so you have uh, the name mill hill and a bunch of non-squared streets in rural areas uh, the mills sometimes powered with hydroelectric generators from the uh, nearby streams and rivers it's taken some getting used to uh, no mardi gras no school break for mardi gras uh, people are more muted. They seem to speak on the street less. It seems a little more separate. Uh, the scale of the street grid is 
larger compared to New Orleans. And it definitely seems more English of an English derivative than a French or Spanish derivative than New Orleans. So if you're within a culture, you often don't really appreciate it, but I definitely do now. Um, uh, a couple of other differences are that they're not on the Napoleonic Code, so operating in real estate is different. The cultural norms are different, so we've been adjusting, and our children have uh, attended school. They miss New Orleans terribly. They uh, make us. They make us go visit. We went there this summer. We had some projects there as well so we we spent a long hot summer of 23 in new orleans largely and now we are back we started school obviously it's september we've been in school for a few weeks now and the pace has resumed we thought we didn't like it enough to stick around this little town and considered uh, another language immersion school inside of charlotte but Honestly, there's some timeline restraints and concerns over what the future would hold. We're honestly trying to figure out what to do and how to exist in this region. So it's grown on us. It's grown on us, definitely. And the offerings of fresh air and wooded areas and... Uh, are are plentiful and very interesting and fun. It's just a lot less dramatic than New Orleans with our uh, vibrant culture. So that's definitely something to consider. So if you are considering a move, I would I would suggest making a matrix of your own. Um, but my offering to a listener is to you know if if you're going to take action on something or think about something I really encourage you to look at what I've got as far as real estate are you going are you pursuing a career in real estate this is a bit of a pitch too if it's not obvious but look at look at a template that I've created um, mostly from scratch on Notion, it's a it's a free platform. You can open up an account for yourself, and I don't get paid anything from Notion. I'm just uh, I like what they're doing. It is collaborative, meaning that you can invite people into a certain area, like a database of your area, and communicate outside of emails, outside of text. It has a mobile app. But to boil things down into the crucial steps that you need to um, interface with a realtor or consider your options for a move or selling property, uh, you just want not to screw up. And, and if you can go through life, maybe not climbing Mount Entrance, it at Mount Everest uh, as an achievement, but mainly not screwing up what you got. That I think there's a lot of wisdom in 
just not screwing it, not making your position worse and making snap decisions, uh, using the wisdom of others, uh, reaching out when you need services. There are obviously people that do things better than you. And what does it cost? What do you have to give up to enlist those services? And uh, addressing your bias and 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 managing human error and efficiency as best as possible. Uh, I think they're making good decisions for yourself is really an art and also a science because uh, probabilities, causal factors are relatively O in future success. Uh, For example, if you have a couple of job applicants and one is super energetic and uh, gregarious, looks good, smells good, versus one that uh, has similar requirements and, and presents differently. Uh, there's a whole lot of bias that goes on and a whole lot of noise as far as making good decisions. There is, um, books have been written, many areas of thought have been geared toward these biases that people every day fall to in regard to making some subject subject decisions or suspect decisions and only only time will tell and one of the main ones is the uh, hindsight bias. <clears throat> the the bias that causes you to think that you can predict the future when there are many things that are unknowable. And the hindsight bias says that since a result played out and you feel that you knew that it was going to happen that way, Like, you knew a fighter was going to win, or you knew that this was not going to turn out well. That causes you to focus that you were correct, even though the results play out that you may not, you, you remember it in a more intense way that causes you to believe that you can predict the future. And it's super interesting you can be overconfident and just assume because of your position, because of your status uh, on making good decisions in the past, uh, gives you the badge of a good decision maker. The evidence plays out that it doesn't. And overconfidence and, and overconfidence in this realm really sets you up for a fall. Like um, leaders that feel or anybody really that feels like they're infallible because of their previous decisions uh, gives them the elite status of making good decision just doesn't play out the people that that make better decisions they they don't assume that 
they're infallible and that their decision uh, takes precedence over doing the hard work, investigating the options, talking about the, the potential setbacks, the potential noise that could influence your decision, and biases. Just, just using a bias checklist that has proven out to to reduce bias just by talking about it. And uh, recently, I read a book called uh, the Checklist Manifesto. Simply by creating the checklist that are needed to make good decisions, and one of them, let's say, could be a subset of talking about the biases, uh, improves improves results vastly. And this was in uh, two areas where this type of uh, process is becoming popular. Is of course air travel <clears throat> and pilots. Pilots uh, definitely need their checklist. These they don't have to just mindlessly check insane amounts of, of data off just to feel good about uh, checking the box and putting your initial by it. But uh, just going through the necessary steps uh, in in maintenance, in takeoff, in emergencies uh, vastly reduces human error and. And I think that's what we want to do. We want to reduce screw-ups. We'll all be a lot better if we reduce the obvious things that will get us into trouble. And the other area is in healthcare. Um, I think in 2008, 2010, the World Health Organization did an experiment and utilized the checklist. And just the simple fact of people at the beginning of surgery stating what their position was what their role was engaged galvanized people into a team in order to communicate so the checklists are uh, one a checklist but two uh, a communication device that just sets the tone for the communication sets the tone for the team and um Reduces human error, like deaths from surgery, vastly reduced, uh, somewhere in the magnitude of 50%, which is fairly amazing. So, um, participating in, in real estate transactions um, where I've brokered for people and held their best interests, uh, held their best interests in mind, cooperated with a co-op agent, meaning uh, another agent and brokerage that represented the other party in the transaction. You know, uh, it's usually a time-intensive affair with the need to cooperate and understand the mutual goal while, while hopefully doing a better job than the client could, uh, could have themselves of creating a successful transaction that completes to the um, to the client and has a, you know has a um, has a good chance of helping the client make a good decision without regard to the commission that the agent is making 
And what you have in real estate is, is, you know, a team of probably 10 people when you consider the agents, the brokers, the principals, the appraisers, inspectors, loan people, title agency. It is a definite project that is not often managed like a project with the communication lines, communication segments that happen via text, via email, miscommunications, people who are overloaded, incompetent, uh, too busy, have a huge ego. I mean, there's a lot of ways for it to go south. And what I feel and have experienced that there, um, the the structure of the transaction is not focused on, and people have people choose the person that's available or the person they know without a strong backbone within the transaction to uh, let's just call it not screwing up. So that's my goal for my own devices in property acquisition, property management, the maintenance of a of a of the systems within within a um, within a, a structure, a building, just a residential building, maintaining your systems and not screwing it up is it really deserves a lot of attention and discipline in order to um, not have waste. And I think that's kind of, you know, unless we have a flair for the dramatic and want to, um, you know, skate close to the edge, <clears throat> discipline is really needed in systems and communication and awareness of reality is I think what you're after after that you can have the ability to pursue the artistic side of a transaction uh, you know choose a pretty color or a pretty design and have more attention to pursuing these second order thinking goals after you have uh, a framework, a skeleton for for um, your activities, whether it's the pursuit of a type of house or actually uh, legally protecting yourself and and using the correct paperwork for a transaction to achieve your results. So that's where I'm at. I'm in the middle of... Uh, a couple of projects <clears throat> that are that are a little bit new to me. Um, I am certainly available to talk and discuss and uh, contract with with people for transacting real estate. I am actively pursuing acquisitions. I have turned my attention toward becoming completely learning based and not only in the real estate field because that gets a little mm, I don't know uh, one dimensional and pursuing investment as a whole with uh, capital markets meaning bonds and stocks and dividend stocks and different things have started to 
try to create lateral connections across industries and study great leaders and and try to constantly be learning that is a goal of mine and um, specifically uh, we bought a small old mill house meaning it was built for the for the employees of a textile mill south of Charlotte along Highway 77 and it is my first renovation project outside of my main area of New Orleans. I think I was a little on my feet adjusting. I, I definitely spun my wheels for about a year just uh, a little bit shocked at, in the fact that we had actually moved out of New Orleans and uh, tried to assimilate what we had actually done. It seems weird. Uh, if, if we didn't have children, it would certainly have been different. We would not have had these additional concerns, but we did it. And we're not dead yet. It was challenging. But I'm talking about that small house that I, that we uh, purchased south of, uh, south of Charlotte. And it's a renovation project uh, ongoing. Relatively small, has a little bit of fire damage. And uh, just finding labor is a major thing, especially trying to do things for less, you know, and, and have a decent amount of quality and not paying the, the rates that uh, contractors charge around here. I was a little shocked, to be honest. Um, in New Orleans, you can usually find somebody that can do things less, uh, some multi, some guy that has multiple skills that can uh, work by the job where you can get a value. But uh, gosh, I don't know what, I guess the amount of people pouring into the, the Carolinas has really stretched the, the availability of tradesmen here. And if they are available, they've run their business to where they've uh, figured out how to charge a premium for their services and honestly was shocked. I had, a, um, in our personal house, I, I tried to uh, sell it a couple times. We had a couple of contracts fall out. One was because of the old wiring, which would have been much less of an issue in New Orleans. So that was a learning experience. So I had to do quite a bit of rewire. Honestly, I, uh, I had a quote of $25,000 for a rewire on a $1,550. That was our square footage. Old wood frame mill house with a huge... Uh, stand up crawl space where you know the crawl space is like seven feet so it's not like you had to crawl around in your belly but you know that was a bit shocking so uh in creating the best margin for myself doing things i just made a career out of um uh using doing things for less on renovations uh after katrina it was a lot of it with my own hands and and the subsequent stuff just done a better job of finding the person and keeping them on schedule but here it's all new so finding labor for that little mill house uh, checking the zoning another weird thing was um, in some municipalities the owner can apply for their own permits and do work on their own house i do think it's changing in north carolina i don't think they even i don't think they let the 
the owner apply for building contracts on structures in North Carolina, but you can still do it in South Carolina provided you agree not to sell your house within two years. Uh, talk about a police state. I, I honestly can't imagine how they would uh, how they would enforce that. And it's such a dead little county. It seems to be a little ridiculous. So applying for permits and finding labor on, to turn around that little slightly burned, dated house with a couple of little shoring issues is going to be a challenge. So that's my hope is to turn that around in a couple of months and put it into service. And um, so, again, I am hoping to say what I got going on with limited, you know, guarding of my own ego and to build a sales organization to acquire property and to help people, uh, whether I get paid or not, with my template. And if I get paid just to uh, help a person make good decisions, whether they interface with a realtor throughout the United States and countries beyond, I'm speaking English, so it would, of course, be the English-speaking parts of the world, uh, to help you with the template and to help you understand how to limit human error, understand the bias and noise that goes into decision-making, and to help you guard against waste and bad decision-making. I think that is a true statement of my desire for myself and for you as a, as a person to, to help you understand what I've learned in my life and my experience and, and to impart it to you. I think that I feel, you know, kind of feel good about that. So my channel, uh, I really can't do better than the places like bigger pockets. If you want up to date real-time information about which way a market is going. I have very little confidence in my ability to, to say what it might be in a different area, but I do have the tools. I do know how to figure out a market by using trend lines, by using sales data and absorption rates, by using the math and thinking critically, I do know how to get the information. And uh, there are some things that are just unknowable about what the future holds. And I think that when you study good decision making, you'll understand that the big blowhards that uh, say that they know, when it plays out statistically, those are the people that perform less well than the person that is constantly doubtful, constantly rechecking uh, things and looking at let, at adjacent data points and making connections. Those are the people, even though it's quite a paradox, the people that say they know definitively, those people don't perform as well as 
the people that, of course, there's a blend of these type of people, the big blowhard that says they know everything. You'll find them on uh, every YouTube channel saying that they, you know, predict the sky's falling or predict, uh, predict that things are going to be great and rosy. Uh, I think that you'll, those are the big blowhards of the world. So typically they don't perform, uh, they, they predict less well than the people that are um, a little bit more reticent, not big blabbermouths, and make lateral connections and uh, constantly doubt themselves. So uh, that is another paradox and perhaps a, a bias, definitely a bias, uh, and additional noise to making uh, good decisions. So that's my hope is to make good decisions, avoid waste, and not screw it up. That's a heck of a business plan, right? So, all right, well, that's maybe, maybe I've done better on this one or will feel better about it uh, compared to the others where I am figuring out the best way to pollute the airways with my opinion. And I hope to just show you a real way that people exist using real estate as a career um, and um, asset class to achieve um, material wealth for the purpose of um, being less subject to the machinations of the government with the money supply, interest rate, and uh, government services. So I think that you really need to um, understand what the government wants of its citizens. And uh, if you are interested in real estate as an asset class, there, I would encourage you not to pay for much and to not go uh, give a whole lot of money to the people that say that they know it all, but to get a library card and access uh, Hoopla or Libby and soak up or you know a, a great investment is Kindle Unlimited <clears throat> learn as much as you can make lateral connections understand bias and noise and uh, you know don't screw it up so use my notion template contact me I'm willing to help interface with you, guide as much as I can. If you'd like a career in real estate, it is still an achievable license in most states, meaning that it doesn't require a whole lot of um, classroom time. And yet uh, getting into this sphere is just not a bad idea, just for your own transactions uh, to soak up a lot of free training and do a lot of networking and perhaps you could bloom into a professional that makes an above average income compared to the classroom time needed for the professional licensing all right well 40 40 minutes ish is kind of a good spot for me to be talking only by myself and uh my hope is that it has given you insight and 
I'm not going to pretend that I was entertaining, but uh, to uh, see what a real person is doing inside of this industry. So uh, thank you again for listening, and hopefully you will give the subsequent episodes or previous ones a listen. So uh, my Notion template can be downloaded at simplifiedhomesales.com in the top right corner for my ultimate Notion template. All right. Thank you very much and hope to uh, have you join next time.